On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder, getting Jalen Williams back, a big game in Minnesota, and your mailbag questions. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into Jalen Williams being back in the fold for Oklahoma City, who take on the Timberwolves tonight in a very interesting game, plus your mailbag questions. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. You can go there right now and make every moment more with $150 in bonus bets with winning any $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. More on that later. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Now, when you look at this game for the Thunder, this game against the Timberwolves, it's going to be a pretty fun, interesting, entertaining game. Not only do you have right now the two best teams in the West, Minnesota at 12 and four, the Thunder at 11 and five, a game back from Minnesota uh, in the standings. But for the Thunder you know, case in all of this, you have the team that not only knocked you out of the postseason a year ago, but did so in dominating fashion on that same home floor in Minnesota. I guess technically a little bit of a different floor because it is that baby blue court. This is the last in-season tournament pool play game. Minnesota's in-season tournament court is actually one of the better ones. It looks really, really good. Uh, So you'll get to enjoy that on your television screen tonight. But still, this is a good judgment test, litmus test of where this team is at currently versus where the team was at in April. So I, I think that that's going to be a lot of fun. The, the, the little bit of, uh, you know, mismatches or the, or the adjustments that you might see the Thunder make to try to handle Anthony Edwards, who's taken a big leap. And you saw, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards uh, at the uh, summer FIBA stuff, but looking so great. He's translated that to the NBA. He's looked really good here. And then, you, of course, are going to have the whole Cat-Rudy dynamic against the Thunder, who are smaller. They have Chet now. How does Chet uh, kind of play into that process and, and, and that matchup? And then the biggest thing is J-Dub's back. Like, if J-Dub wasn't back for this game, it might have been a tough day for the Thunder. But you need him a ton in this matchup, not because or not solely because of defense, but because of how good Minnesota is defensively. And so when you look at this game for OKC, you have to limit turnovers because this Minnesota defense is so good that if you just give them turnovers, they're going to make you pay even double because they're good enough to force them. They're good enough to just stop you. So you cannot have those you know, lazy passes or, or, or kind of uh, uh, lapses in, in judgment whenever you're playing a team like Minnesota defensively. But 
most importantly here for the Thunder specifically is not creating your own scoring droughts. And so there are times where this Thunder team, as good as they've been so far this year, they've gone through these lulls in scoring. And they've gone through these lulls kind of independent of their matchup, independent of their defense, independent of who's on the other side, what lineups are on the floor, what those lineups are good at, et cetera. The thing is with Minnesota, if you go through those same scoring lulls that are just part of your personnel, that is valuable time that you're wasting against Minnesota, who has a good defense top to bottom. But of course, like any other team, there are certain depth lineups that you can try to exploit than others. So that's why I say having Jada back is a big factor for the Thunder is because in those lineups without SGA, he provides you such a, such a big boost on that offensive end. You saw what he did against Golden State at the end of that uh, fourth quarter, uh, middle of that fourth quarter to, to buy you time and to get you to overtime. And then once you got to overtime, you were able to have SGA, you were able to have uh, fresher legs and, and to uh, win the game. So I, I think that his ability to bridge the gap between SGA minutes on off uh, is going to make a difference for the Thunder. It has to this point the, to the season already, but it's going to make the difference in this game specifically because whenever the, the Wolves take off some of their better defenders, you've got to be willing and, and able to capitalize on that. And so I'm interested to see how Mark handles uh, staggering out players. Like how quickly do you get J-Dub to the bench and, 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 and Chet to the bench in order to get them back in the game quicker once you need uh, some jolt from SGA going to the bench. I'm, I'm interested to see the rotation uh, in this game. And then, of course, like this is going to be the key with any team that, that plays like Minnesota, but especially Minnesota uh, themselves, handling that size of like you're going to face off with with Cat and Rudy. Those are two really good big men. The Thunder mixed in Jay Will and Chet together on Saturday. And, and Mark has been open at practice talking about how uh, they're going to use that lineup more this week. And this week's a great test for that lineup because you play. You played Philadelphia Saturday. You'll play Minnesota tonight. You'll play the Lakers, who are a bigger team, on Thursday. So like, you're going to get uh, some juice and some run out of this lineup. How do they handle you know, the, the dueling bigs? And then whenever Minnesota drops down, right, and their version of dropping down is a really good uh, Nas Reed player, but whenever, the, whenever uh, the, the Timberwolves drop down, can you then play at your style, play at your pace, and, and make them sort of pay for it and, and, and regroup at that point in the game? But mainly, I think what's going to happen here is you cannot get a beefy team between now and tip-off. So, like, the size thing is just – it just is what it is. What you can do is control offensively how to navigate their very tough defense. And so this is going to go one of two ways. Either the Thunder, with their excellent playmaking, their excellent cutting, their ball movement, and their, and their tempo, with all those things that they do really well, it's either going to result – in them exploiting Minnesota's defense because this is not an ISO heavy team that you can just kind of clamp down and they're going to be able to put more points on the board than most teams can against Minnesota. And they can get out of here with a win because of their offense or because you're trying to cut and pass and everyone's trying to play, make you can turn the ball over more in those scenarios when you're trying to play fast, that it compounds the problem. Then when you do have situations where you are playing ISO ball, then you're playing into Minnesota's hands, and then Minnesota's got you right where they want you, and they win in big fashion. So I'm interested to see the chess match of those two dynamics because I'm not sure that there's much middle ground. The Thunder are either going to be on it from a ball movement 
you know, cutting and passing uh, side of things, or they're going to be off their game in that side of things, and then that's whenever things might spiral. So uh, I'm curious to see which one unfolds. You can look right here. The Thunder are three and a half point underdogs in Minnesota, over under set at uh, 228 and a half points. Well, let's see. Let's see how this all unfolds. Now, this is part of a massive stretch for OKC. They've already lost to the Sixers in their next five games, but they play the Wolves tonight. They play the Lakers on Thursday, then at the Mavericks on Saturday. Now, the next game on here says Jazz. That's a placeholder because the league is going to add two more games to the schedule uh, once the, the in-season tournament is set and, and, and the bracket is set. The teams who don't make the knockout round and don't advance into the in-season tournament will be, will be given two more games to make up for it. If you look at the schedule right now, there's only 80 games. Two more are going to be put onto it. The Thunder uh, have a chance to play Houston and Golden State uh, and, and Memphis and New Orleans and uh, Phoenix in, in, in this whole thing. So we'll see who they end up getting uh, for, for that game You know, to replace the Jazz for the next five games. That will happen before the Jazz game. Uh, but this stretch this week that you are playing at Minnesota versus Lakers at Dallas, I am I am just interested to see how they can handle it. And how they can and, and how they can come out the other side of it. But you're already 0 for one. But if you're able to go into this stretch, and especially after the Lakers just got beat down by 40 something points, like they're not going to be, uh, you know, they're not going to be kind of taking that game lightly. They're going to be wanting to to get on track here. They play the Pistons Wednesday, and then the the Thunder on the second night of back to back. You kind of got to pick your poison here of of how the Lakers are going to handle that back-to-back. Could you see the Lakers actually rest on the front end of the back-to-back? Because the Pistons are so terrible that you rest on the front end, you still beat the Pistons, who couldn't beat the Wizards last night. In fact, got beat by like 20 by the Wizards last night. You play the Pistons with kind of a short-handed Lakers team. That way, the next night, you can come to Oklahoma City and play at full strength, or do the Lakers rest on the second night, or does LeBron play both? And like, and like they don't rest at all. So, now that will be a, a, a caveat to that Lakers game is the fact that the Lakers are in a back-to-back. But then Dallas, you know, you got to handle Kyrie and Luka. You know, Derek Lively, if he's back from injury, him versus Chet will be an interesting game. So these are these are all going to be fun to watch for the Thunder, and these are all p- potential statement games for the Thunder if they can make that course correction and that adjustment and play the Wolves not only closer than they did in April, but if they can beat them, I think that that would signal a lot for this Thunder team who right now. Uh, it's still uh, it's still surprising some people around the NBA, and they're playing some good basketball in the aggregate, even against the Sixers. They played good basketball uh, at the very end, and they were able to kind of make a comeback there. So we'll see how this game goes and which style this game plays into, Minnesota's or Oklahoma City's. Both teams are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Uh, the, the Wolves are on a one-game winning streak. OKC's on a one-game losing streak. And uh, on the road this year, OKC is 6-1 and one. at home. Minnesota's seven and one. So like this is a really good road team. This is a really good home team. Uh, and, and they're and they're about the same uh home and road splits for, for both teams. On the road, Minnesota's five and three. OKC's five and four on, on, at home. So this is gonna be fun. We're gonna recap it all for you right here on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast tonight after the game. So make sure you tune into that after the game is over and for your morning drive tomorrow. And also every single day, we're here talking Thunder basketball. So we're going to continue on with your mailbag questions. But first, I want to tell you right now, our good friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is great. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Why you should do that is because 
FanDuel is giving new customers $150 in bonus bets for winning a $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So the money line bet is just pro- projecting who you think will win the game. So it's not spreads. There's no other numbers to, to really memorize. It's just, will this team win or not? So you're putting the money line bet on who you think will win. If that team does win, then in your new customer at FanDuel, you get 150 bucks in bonus bets on top of whatever uh, the bet was. So you can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more at FanDuel. But that, that new customer offer is for money line bets, and you get 150 bucks back in bonus bets whenever you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Why I love FanDuel right now is that everything's in action. You have NBA, NFL, NHL, college basketball, college football. You have it all for you where you want it and what and what you need to bet on whatever you're going to watch. So, for example, on Thursday, you got the Cowboys at home hosting the Seahawks. You can do the money line and have the money line be for Dallas. And if you think that they're going to win and then they win and boom, you're able to win. There are some good uh, odds on the board right now. There are some matchups where it looks like there's a no doubter of who's going to win, like Miami traveling to Washington. You can have the, the, the Dolphins beating the Commanders on that money line bet, and boom, you can get your bonus bets of that easily. As easy as Tua will carve up the uh, the commander. So go there right now at fitter.com slash locked on. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, we're going to answer some of your mailbag questions. Let's get started with Russ Feb, Russ TD, as he's commonly known. Uh, I'm sorry, that's FCB. I thought that was February. I don't know why I thought that. I'm an idiot. Uh, speaking of me being an idiot, he knows his audience. Where do you see OKC seated at the All-Star break? He did not ask for a record because he knows I'm awful at math, and so I wouldn't be able to do that. But seated. So right now, the Thunder are technically the two seed. They are the two seed uh, above the Suns by half a game, above the Nuggets by half a game, above the Mavs by two games, above the uh, Kings by a game and a half. That's that's the top six in the West right now. Um, that, that obviously is not some massive margin, and that's what everyone expected this season to be like, right? The season was going to be decided by half a game, a game and a half, really from top to bottom. You know, the difference in being the two seed in the West and being the seven-seeded Lakers is a game and a half. Like, this is exactly what we were talking about in this podcast all off-season long. The difference of being the two-seed versus being the eight-seed is two games. So, like, this is going to be a topsy-turvy season, and there's going to be moments, and there's going to be peaks and valleys where you dip way down to the play-in, and when you rise way up to, you know, as, as high as OKC is at two, and at times they were tied for the first uh, best record in the NBA. So by the all-star break, I think that the Thunder are going to kind of be that four seed. And by four seed, again, it's going to be, you know, by half a game or you're tied technically with the third and fifth team and you're just kind of the four seed. But I think that they're still going to be in the top six at the all-star break. I think that they're probably not going to be as high as one and two at the all-star break, but I do think that they're going to be like that four seed uh, team kind of, kind of like they were 
uh, in that surprise Chris Paul year, how they were, you know, battling four or five um, uh, the whole season up until the shutdown. So uh, I think it'll be that way for this team in the sense of, uh, I believe that they're not a playing team. I believe that they're going to be a top six seed in the West. Uh, and I think that they could fight for home court advantage just seeing how they how this season has unfolded so far for them. So lock it in, four seed at the All-Star break. We're going to revisit, revisit this Russ TD uh, come All-Star break time in Indiana. Um, hopefully I'm right. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'm closer to being right than wrong. Uh, at Ben Glover says, is it time to worry about Kaysen being too timid on offense yet? No. Uh, Kaysen just plays his role offensively. There are more things he can do. Uh, he, he is a better on-ball creator than he's kind of been given license to show right now. I think that he can really help run that secondary unit, especially run some pick and rolls and uh, initiate some action there. That's just life as a rookie. Like, Do not forget a year ago at this time, we said the exact same things about Jada. Exact same things about him being too timid. He's got to get more aggressive offensively. Why isn't he taking more shots? And as the season went on, he got better and better and better at, at being aggressive. Now, he ended out the year with a bang in, in the sense of offensive force. And then this year, he's played with a really good offensive force, and he's really found his way to insert himself. He's not a ball hog by any means, but he's in, inserting himself into the offensive uh, you know, situation and, and scoring uh, portfolio scoring plan. Uh, he's done a great job of it, even while balancing out, finding out about his new teammates, finding out about uh, th this new kind of identity that they're playing with Chet. So it's way too soon to worry about anything with Casey Wallace because he's played, you know, perfectly for a rookie and whatever you do point to like this timidness on offense, it can really just be addressed through. That's just how rookies are like rookies on good teams. Anyway, that's how they are. Sure. You can get rookies on, on terrible teams who no one cares, not even their own coach cares about what they're doing and they can jack up 20 shots a night, but like, that's just not the, not the lane that Kaysen finds himself in as a rookie. So uh, I, I don't. I, I think he's a willing shooter. Anytime he gets the ball passed to him in the corner, he's wide open. Uh, I, I think he's a willing shooter whenever he gets the ball at the rim, um, and, and, and he's open at the rim on a nice pass. He just takes the open shots, and that's what you want any player to do for the most part. Um, and I don't think he's at that level to to kind of be where Jada was at last year. Where like J Dub, you on last year's team would have preferred J Dub to take good shots versus passing to other players for great shots. That's not the, the place that, that Kaysen finds himself in. I I still like whenever Kaysen passes for a great shot versus settles for uh, maybe a good look for Kaysen. So I, I think he's playing really well right now. And if you do want him to uh, evolve into a more aggressive player, we have less than a 12 month sample size of like that actually being at, you know, 12 months ago sample size of that happening with Jada. So I would not worry about it too much. Uh, Joe Rhodes says, my question would be if there's any interest from OKC in trading for another player like Laurie Markkinen to fill the gap. Um, the Thunder are going to look into a ton of different trades. Like you're going to hear their name attached to a ton of different players, this trade deadline, because they have such assets and because uh, not only are the Thunder like in a good position, other teams will view the Thunder as a good good target to attach players to and to trade with. And, and, and they're going to want to get in on uh, some of those pick piles that, that the Thunder have. In terms of this season, I don't think that the Thunder are going to do anything this season. And, and somehow that that saying that kind of at, at times gets convoluted into the Thunder are just never going to do anything. No, I, I don't think they're going to do anything this season. Like like the, the dead, like the deadline will come and go, and there, there probably won't be anything that's just like jaw-dropping that happens at the deadline. Uh, 
But the summer's a whole new ballgame. Like, first of all, it's easier to get deals done for massive players. And, and I say massive players, even just like highly paid players, like good, good starters, good role players. Like it's easier to get those kind of trades done, much less for mega stars in the summertime than it is at the trade deadline. So, you know, just because I don't think it's going to happen at the, dead, at the deadline doesn't mean it's at the same time years and years and years away. I've been pretty consistent saying that this summer, I've been saying it for the last two years, that this summer coming up here is the summer where you really have to evaluate the roster and you have to to make a move to tie things together. Now, what does that look like? We'll have all summer to discuss. This is a daily podcast even then, so uh, we're not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, but the Thunder are going to do their diligence and they're going to look into players like Lori Mark. And th- th- you also have to you know remember whenever we're talking about fake trades is, Unless it's been reported, which Lori has not. It's like we have to know that these players like are being shot by their team to even like think that the Thunder are or aren't looking at them. So, for example, like there's been no rumors or rumblings of like Lori Markinen uh being shopped. And so like you can't just then force uh the Jazz to give you Lori Markinen. So like it'd be I, I think Lori would be a great fit for the Thunder. I would love the Thunder to go trade for Lori Markinen. Uh you guys would love it. You guys would pile into the pod. Uh, we'd have a lot of fun, but um, we'll have to see if he's actually shot. But yeah, just because I don't think that they're going to do anything this deadline, I will say, like, I think that they will do something this summer that kind of uh, that kind of sparks your interest. Let's just say that for uh, next season even more. So. so we have a lot of your mailbag questions coming up. We're going to get to one about Ludor and this core coming up. But first, what's here right now? But good friends over at PrizePix. Folks, PrizePix is great. PrizePix is there for you. Go to pricepix.com slash LockdownNBA. And when you do, you're going to get an instant deposit match up to $100. This is available in Oklahoma, by the way. So if you're in Oklahoma, you can use PrizePix legally. You're all good on that front. And what PrizePix is, is just projections. So you just project, will, for example, tonight, will Pascal Siakam have more or less than 20 and a half points. So if you put more and he drops 21 points or more, boom, you're a big winner. That's all it takes is just to project two to six players. You can do cross-sport entries as well. So you can dab a little bit in the NBA, then go put a little bit on a college basketball player and then over here on a on a you know football player if you know it's it's if it, there's a football game on. So you can go do that with all the players that you want. You can stick with you know Thunder players in the Thunder matchup. For example, SGA is more or less on points as 30 and a half tonight. Uh, you can go take care of that at, at prizepicks.com slash locked on. It's just you first the projected numbers. So you never have to worry about, oh, you know, there's there's people in this pool who know way more than me. You're just projecting uh, the numbers. So it makes watching the game very interesting and like very uh, entertaining. And if you're kind of skeptical of like, well, it's the NBA. It's the only sport I watch, but it's the NBA. So I can only I can only really have enough knowledge to want to do this for the NBA, but we never know when if guys are going to play, if they're going to suit up, anything like that. Folks, they have a reboot policy, which means that like if your player got injured or like didn't play and you didn't even have a shot to win, then boom, Price Picks will give you uh, that reboot, and you're going to be perfectly fine on that entry. So it's the only it's the only uh, you know company that does that. It's a really cool thing. That prize picks does to protect you, especially like if you're gonna gonna set your uh, set your entry right now at 10 a.m. 
a lot of things can change between now and tip-off time. We know that in the NBA. So uh, you want to have that policy of reboot policy, and PrizePix does. So go to prizepix.com slash locked on, or just use the code locked on on your first deposit match up to $100. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, check out the Lockdown Sports Today YouTube channel. It's the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. So you get coverage of all the top sports stories from the day from the local experts of Locked On, plus our national team covering every league, every sport, every team at Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe for the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel so you can pop it up in your office while you're doing work and it's just a constant loop of Locked On shows to make sure you're caught up on all the sports news that you need uh, and you can just be listening throughout the day as you're getting work done. That's how I use it. You can use it however you would like. It's on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today National YouTube channel. So a lot of fun there. Now let's talk your questions. This one comes from Joe Newell. One question I've been meaning to ask. We see a lot of media and Twitter uh, and everyone else talk about the big four for OKC. How do you feel that that makes Lou Dort feel when he's the second highest paid player and the second longest tenured player of those five? So that's just life in the NBA. Right, like Dallas Bertans makes a lot of money too, and uh, he's no, by no means a part of the core, and no means really a part of the plan of this season. Even uh, for the most part, you've seen him get get snuck into some of these games, but like he's not going to be the straw that stirs the drink, or he's not going to be a difference maker for the Thunder. Uh, in terms of Lou Dort, uh, the bottom line is like Lou Dort is a really good starter. I think that Lou Dort uh, has been at times pushed out the door unfairly by some people, but you got to give to get in trades. And so if you want to go to the next level and make a trade, he's got the matching salary and the matching talent that can help facilitate a trade. So that's one reason why people don't put him into the core. Uh, and then also he's just not as good as like Chet and J-Dub and SGA, uh, but he is a really good starter. Like, and so like when you're, when you're talking about the core, then that's kind of where it's at. Uh, I, I honestly don't think it makes him feel any type of way. I, I don't think that he like, he, first of all, he's like, I don't think he's just plugged in as other players are on social media. And I think these players like are able to, just from my understanding with them, are able to kind of uh, disconnect. Sure, you see at times like they'll go back and forth with fans or or disagree with something, but like that doesn't ultimately like mean that it really affected them. Uh, th- they know where they stand. Like these guys have agents, they have advisors, they have friends, they have you know people within the organization. They know where they stand, and, and they know where they stand from the actual team standpoint and like from the actual team standpoint, which is all that matters, right? The only messaging from the team has been that they love Lou Dort. That Lou Dort is a fabric of what they're doing. It's been, you should go back and research what Mark and Sam have said about Lou Dort. If they're saying all that stuff to us, they're saying that stuff to his people and to him. That's what matters. I don't matter. This microphone doesn't matter. My Twitter account doesn't matter. No Twitter account matters. It doesn't matter. Right. What matters is what is actually happening with the organization. And they're treating him very good. They're paying him very good. And, you know, they're, they're utilizing his skill set very good. So, like, that's what makes a p- players feel versus um, what people are saying. And, you know, you, you do have, like, relationships with these guys. But, like, you got to be c- comfortable with what you're saying that you can answer for it if it does make them feel any type of way. And, like, if, if not putting Lou in the core – you know, in the sense of like those those untouchable guys of Chet, J-Dub, and Shea makes him feel some type of way. I feel comfortable 
like addressing that, but I, I don't think it bothers him. Like, I think that we put way too much stock into like that side of things. I, 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 what I say doesn't matter to these guys. I can promise you that. Ibrahim uh, Keeling says, which games do you see the Thunder winning next week? So we can pop back up the schedule. Okay, here we go. Wolves, Lakers, Mavs. Those are this week's games. I think that they're going to beat the Mavericks. The Mavericks have a terrible defense. The Mavericks have a just abysmal defense, the worst defense I've ever seen. They're going to try to track meet you off the court. Here's the thing. The Thunder have a prolific score in SGA. So that 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 takes care of one of the two Mavericks prolific scores. The Thunder also have Chet, who, by the way, might not be going against Derek Lively. It, you know, if Derek Lively is hurt, that leaves the Mavericks with Dwight Powell, who by no means can defend Chet in any world. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, who has been playing serviceable for Dallas, by the way. Now, he, he only has gotten into a couple games, but it's been the most recent games because of the injury to Derek Lively. And he's been playing really well, and he actually started their last games. So, like Rashawn Holmes is a, is a nice player, but still, that's a better matchup for Chet than, than most uh, big men can, per, can prevent. And present. Then you have J Dub, who like Grant Williams will be tough on him. Uh, and the Mavericks do have some guys, but like J Dub, I think is going to be able to thrive against Dallas. So like when it gets down to a track meet, number one, I firmly believe that in a, even in a track meet, you need a couple stops. Who would I bank on to get those stops? It's for sure far and away the Thunder's defense. So I think that the Thunder are going to go on the road and beat Dallas. So like that's one win. Then you have Minnesota tonight and you have the Lakers on uh, Thursday. I think they're going to split those games. They're going to win one, lose one. So I have the Thunder going 2-1 and one this week. 2-1 and one this week for uh, the next stretch of basketball this week. So that answers your question, I hope. But the, the one thing I'm very confident in, if you're wanting to watch one game this week and it's going to be a win, I am very confident the Thunder will win against Dallas. Uh, Gerard says, if you're a betting man, do you expect the Thunder to be a higher seed at the end of the, at the end of the year than the Timberwolves? So right now the Thunder are, you know, a game back of Minnesota. That's a tough one. I would I would abstain if I was a betting man because I don't think that they'd be like I think that this would be a bad odds deal because it's just it's so random. But if I had to bet, I'd bet that the Thunder were a higher seed by like a half a game. That's just kind of where I'm at with, with, with this. But the, Minnesota, they already had the leg up. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a very tough one. That's a very good question. I, I Let's go with the Thunder by like half a game because I think that whenever the sky does fall in Minnesota, it'll fall a little bit harder than for most teams because we've kind of seen that energy and those vibes. When those vibes turn in Minnesota, it can kind of spiral a little bit. They're able to course correct. They were able to, you know, who would have thought last year whenever they were punching their own teammates and uh, getting injured by punching walls and everything, who would have thought that they could have turned it back on and, and won the play-in tournament and then took the Nuggets to the brink? No one would have thought that, right? Everyone thought that their season was over because they did that. So, like, they're able to fix it, but when it does fall, it does fall pretty hard on Minnesota. So I think that that can be the difference in a, in a season that's going to be separated by a couple of games. At Caleb Jones, did the loss to Philadelphia validate anything for the Thunder? Uh, this is a very broad question. I think it validated that you know the, the Sixers are good. I think it validated that 
you know, the Thunder are, are going to have the opportunity to put Chet next to a big like Jay Whale. Like that's, I think that that's going to work. I think that lineup is going to work. Now, it's not going to be a lineup that you want to re- rely on because it does kind of counteract some of the stuff you're best at. But against certain matchups like tonight, like it can be a really good weapon for you. So I think that they showed that like, hey, that that is something that we, we that we do not have to be scared of of playing J Will with Chet. Um, I think that validated the fact that you have some good moxie on this group to try to fight through that Philly game. You can go back and listen to the recap podcast for all that it validated. Um, one thing though is that like the Thunder got taken out of their element and they got taken out of their play style that they prefer to play, and they still were able to adapt and, and conform and and try to uh, come back in that one. It just uh, just fell short a little bit. Uh, Smokey Bear says, from the small sample size and what we've seen of Sam Presti, if he called you tomorrow and said that you needed to help on a trade, what would be three realistic trade scenarios? Okay. Smokey, I want to do you justice, so I'm going to save this one for Thursday because we're going to recap this game tomorrow, and then Thursday, the entire first segment will be three realistic, way-too-early trade scenarios. So I'm going to like the tweet, that way I remember it, and I'm going to do it on Thursday for the whole first segment because this is a this is a bigger uh, question than just like answering it uh, with, with common knowledge. Um, do you think that the Thunder are disproportionately officiated by trade, Thomas? I, I think that the Thunder have guys who don't sell calls very well, frankly, for, um, you know, Compared comparatively to like NBA players, don't sell calls very well. Uh, I think that at the beginning of the season, the, the the NBA was trying to send a message to Shea and to the league of like you know to the league fan base of like you know that they heard all the free throw merchant stuff, they heard all that stuff, and they're trying to change it. But as is the case with the NBA, they try to change something, then they revert right back to the old ways. So like Shea has been getting to the line more uh, over the last few games. Uh, but yeah, I think that the Thunder like technically are are officiated differently, uh, but the players who do a good job of like driving hard and selling fouls, Shea and Chet get to the line. Players who don't, don't. Like, Jadab gets to the line an all right amount, but, like, uh, he could be better at it. Like, they just have to learn. This is, this is part, this is, like, the little tiny things of, like, what, what being a young team means. Like, being a young team is not some, like, just throwaway buzz statement. Like, these things are things you pick up on of how to handle the NBA refs, how to work the refs, how to talk to the refs, how to sell contact to the refs, how to drive hard to where it looks like you got fouled and you really didn't. Like, how to do all those things as part of playing NBA basketball, watching film, learning, and going through it. So, like, yes, the Thunder do uh, get a bad whistle at times. S- some of it is the officials being bad. Some of it is got to learn to sell those kind of things. Got to learn to sell those kind of things. Um, let's see. The next question comes from myself. Will you please subscribe to Lockdown Thunder and do it on YouTube and in any other podcasting platforms that you have. Uh, and then follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. And then will you please tune in to tomorrow's recap podcast against the Minnesota Timberwolves? That'd be great. Thursday. If you missed your chance to get questions in, since we're going to do Smokey's question Thursday, you can send in more questions for Thursday's podcast. It'll be answered then as well. And then we'll continue talking about uh, the week ahead. So thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Until next time, be good and be good to 